Well, hey everybody, Pastor Steve here. I'm glad you've joined me for today's devotion. We are in the book of Jude, just one chapter. Um, so go ahead and open your Bible there just before Revelation, if you haven't opened your Bible there already. And let me encourage you, uh, if you know people who say, I don't have time to watch these devotional uh, videos, tell them about the podcast because they can listen to them while they're driving in their car to work or home from work or running errands, and they can subscribe to our podcast wherever podcasts are found. So encourage them uh, to do that. These devotions are available uh, that way. Um, a couple of teaching points I want to share with you from Jude before I get into the devotional thought for today. Uh, one is about the author. Who wrote this brief letter? Verse 1 says, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. So who is this Jude? He's the brother of James. So identifying him depends on who this James is. In the New Testament, there are two prominent James, men named James. One was James the disciple. He's probably not referring to that. James' brother was John. And remember, James was executed, martyred for the faith early in church history after the resurrection of Jesus by King Herod in Jerusalem. We read about that in the book of Acts. <clears throat> the other James... Uh, is the brother of Jesus. He's mentioned in Mark, for instance, the brother of Jesus, who uh, later would become the leader of the church in Jerusalem. We read about him in the book of Acts as well. James when, was not a believer during Jesus' lifetime, but after the crucifixion and resurrection became a believer and became a prominent leader in Jer the Jerusalem church and probably is the author of the book of James in our New Testament. And I believe that's who this James is, meaning that this Jude is James, the, the, the brother of Jesus, brother, meaning that this Jude is also a brother or technically a half-brother of Jesus. He's also known in Mark's gospel by the name Judas. So Jude, Judas. So I believe the author was, was a, 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 a son of Joseph and Mary, uh, a brother, half-brother, since Joseph was not Jesus' biological father of Jesus himself. Now, the second thing <clears throat> um, is there's a, there's a couple of interesting quotes in the letter of Jude, verse, uh, verse 9 and verse 14. And in those two verses, Jude actually quotes sources other than the Bible. So he doesn't quote Old Testament verses in verses 9 and 14. He quotes non-biblical sources in these two places. In verse 9, he quotes an apocryphal book, probably the Assumption of Moses. And in verse 14, the, an ancient book known as, the, as Enoch. And, and he talks about Enoch who's mentioned in the Old, the old uh, Testament. Uh, um, and there was a book that, that, and neither of these books were considered canonical. Neither of these books were considered inspired biblical books. That's why they are not in our Bible. And yet they were respected and read rather widely, especially the book of Enoch by both Jews and early Christians. So they're not biblical sources, but they were respected sources. The fact that they were not inspired biblical books means that that we cannot take at face value everything that's in those ancient 
ancient books. But that doesn't mean that everything in those books was false. The fact that he quotes uh, from two of those means that you know the parts he quoted were accurate. He would not have quoted them, and, and, and God would not have led him to quote those and put them in the Bible if they were not true, if they were not accurate. And, and it's the idea that there can be sources of information, and they're not inspired, they're not biblical, and not everything in them is necessarily true, but they can still have some things in them that are true. And so Jude quoted from two of those things that were actually true. He's not the only one that did this in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul did it in three, in three uh, places. Paul did it in Acts 17, 28, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, and Titus 1, 12. It's the idea that, that all truth is God's truth. Now, only Scripture is inspired and in all truth. But there can be other sources of information, science, other literature, and they're not inspired, so we don't take them as being all true, but there can be truth in it. Now, the truth in those other sources is never going to contradict the truth of God's revealed word. So I just wanted to point that out uh, to you. Now, devotionally, devotionally, what spoke to me is the same thing that we noticed two days ago in Second Peter chapter 2, that false teaching tends to, not all of it, not all of it, but much of it arises from a desire to fulfill the lust of the flesh, to do what we want to do, to follow our passions and our fleshly inclinations. And so we will undermine or attack the authority of God's word and, and, and historic Christian teaching and faith and develop new teaching, false teaching, the Bible calls it, that affirms or justifies our sinful living. And so Jude makes the same argument that Peter made in 2 Peter chapter 2. For instance, <clears throat> look in Jude at verses 3 and 4. He says, Beloved, while I, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing, I'm appealing to you, that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints, that, that you contend for the teaching of Jesus Christ that all of us have always believed. Verse 4, for certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation. God knew it was going to happen long before it happened and that they would be judged and condemned for what they're going to do. Ungodly persons who turned the grace of God, the love of God, the kindness of God, the goodness of God into licentiousness. God loves me just like I am. I have my lust. I have my passions. And God made me that way. And God loves me just as I am and is okay with me following those natural lusts. And in doing so, they deny our only master and Lord, Jesus, and his authoritative truth. 
<clears throat> Same thing Peter said. Look at verse 8. Verse 8. He said, yet in the same way these men also by dreaming defile the flesh. Means make the flesh sinful and dirty. And in doing that, he says, they reject authority. The authority of God in his word. And they revile against angelic majesties. They they scream against, they revile against the authority of God and the agents of God, angels and preachers and others who teach what God says. Look at verse 16. Verse 16. He says, um, these are grumblers finding fault, following after their own lust. And they speak arrogantly, flattering people, telling people what they want to hear, what makes them feel good. Look at verse 18. They were saying to you, in the last time, there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lust. Now, do you see the pattern? You're in Jude. We saw it two days ago in 2 Peter chapter 2, I believe it was. Um, Man wants to do what man wants to do. And if he has to undermine the authority of God in his word to do it, he will. And if he has to create an alternative teaching to justify it, he will. Man's okay with having God so long as God agrees with man. But don't expect man, sinful man, to have to submit to God. And so he deludes himself with false teaching. And it's tragic, tragic, because the results are deadly. See, on the far left, it's false teaching under the grace of God to justify what I want to do. And on the far right, Jude doesn't deal with this. Other parts of the Bible does. On the far right, it's false teaching like the Pharisees who make their cultural rules, their cultural norms, their cultural expectations, their cultural preferences equal in authority to the Word of God and condemn people, not because they violate the Word of God, because they violate all their Narrow-minded rules. False teaching is insidious. You find it on the right, you find it on the left. And God does all he, God, God, God gives you his word. God gives you his truth. God gives you his church to protect you from over there from over there. Now, if you want to be a legalist and follow rules more than Scripture, you can do that. If you want to be a libertine and just do whatever you want to do, you can do that. But both are sinful and both destroy people and both are ungodly and wrong and both will be severely judged. Well, that's the message of Jude. I'll see you tomorrow as we um, finish up reading Psalm 119. God bless you, everybody.